Okay, everybody, I'm excited this morning, more excited than I am for most of our episodes, because today I have somebody that is special to me, to my career, um, someone who I've seen in the industry just doing huge things since we met. Um, Megan Bedford is with us with Desk Free Nation, and uh, Megan's going to talk about all sorts of stuff today, I hope, and we're just really lucky to have her. First, I want to talk about when I first met Megan back on the riverboat Nantucket. Um, I'd met her before, but I didn't realize how, how awesome she was until we had a dance off and um, allegedly she won. Um, but I think that the panel of judges were biased. Um, but we had an amazing time. And from that moment, I saw her um, and several other colleagues that she was working with just really helping to shape the way I view marketing, um, storytelling, um, quality, and most importantly, how to take care of people and to take care of your company's image and your, your company's depth, because that's what goes with you. So Megan, I'm really excited to have you on today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Jimmy. So first of all, if you haven't popped over to check out Desk Free Nation, please go there immediately. Watch the little video, see what Megan is up to see what that organization is up to. I think it's imperative for all of us in this industry to rally behind what they're trying to achieve. It's important for the future of what we're doing. So deskfreenation.com, get over there and take a look. Um, also, I want to thank BidClips, our sponsor. They make this happen. They pay our bills. And um, without them, I couldn't get on here and hang out with my, my friends and, uh, and share things with the industry. So let's get underway. So Megan, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give me the Give me the background, the e-true Hollywood story of, of Megan Bedford. All right. I'll give you Reader's Digest version. Quick, um, quick and dirty. I uh, grew up in Vermont. I was born and raised in a small sea town and um, just grew up with like love the outdoors. Both my parents were entrepreneurs. Uh, my mom still owns a real estate agency and my dad owned trash companies. Um, and so I had this idea that I would probably start my own business eventually. But what I did right out of college, I went to UVM, is um, I got a job with Hybu, which was Yellow Book back in the day. And um, that gave me a great foundation for sales. I had all different types of positions there and learned about, the coolest thing about Yellow Pages is you learn about every type of business. You kind of have to be an expert in all of them. Um, my 10th year there, I said, you know, this is, one, I don't believe in the yellow pages anymore. Everything's going digital. And even though we had a digital, digital component, it just didn't feel like it was really helping business owners. Um, so I came up with this idea, um, right? As you know, I'm having my first kid and um, things are nuts. My husband at the time was going to grad school and I thought, oh yeah, let's just start a digital agency because that's the perfect time to do it, right? So I did, and I did it with the intent of, I want to be able to help people. I don't want to be putting out fires all the time. I want to actually be able to make an impact on people's business. And that started really in the trades. Um, we created relationships with Nexstar and also um, franchise systems. The Dwyer Group was one of our clients. And that's, I really liked that business because we niched it out. We niched it out working with specific industries. And then what I was able to do is become a true um, expert in their industry and help these business owners. Um, and then from there, merged with another company in New York, digital agency, and um, 
here I am today, sold that three years ago and kind of doing my own thing now in consulting. And really where Destiny Nation came in was um, in the trades, as you know, Jimmy, all you hear is all the time is, you know, we can't hire, we can't recruit anybody. Nobody's entering the trades. We're down techs. I'd advertise more, but you know, we have such a shortage. So again, here I am sitting like, well, what can I, what can I do about this? And of course I, I think I can take on this problem, which is huge. And a couple of years ago, I got together with some other leaders in the industry who really are passionate about the trades and said, we need to do something about this. And that's where Destiny Nation came in. And, and really, I, I know we'll talk about that more, but it's, it's um, really trying to inspire young people to enter the trade, specifically plumbing, HVAC, and electrical right now. That's amazing. Um, I can't tell all of you um, enough how, how well Megan not only sees a need in our industry, but then goes and helps fulfill it. But she doesn't just fulfill it in a way that we're used to. She does things that are kind of leading edge and gets ahead of the, what I like about you is you always find the, um, the, 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 not the symptom. You're not always chasing symptoms. You try to get to the root. What's the root problem here? And we share that in common, just, you know, even with what we do over bid clips and different organizations to find the root of what's happening will help you in so many other facets of your business instead of just chasing one thing at a time. So that was a wonderful preamble and introduction to, to Megan. And um, I hope that was enough for you guys to say, geez, this is a, this is somebody worth listening to, but this is all part of the bigger three-part series we're doing on today in trades that is technicians and team. Like what, how are we going to find these people? How do we get, how do we get to become the employers of choice going into 2021 and, and beyond? We're in a new decade and a new, new chapter. So this is the third part and the most important part, in my opinion, it's that topic she just talked about. Okay, Jim, I've learned how to share my numbers with my team. I've learned how to, to track my productivity to, to actually know how many people I need. I've learned how to build a culture, you know, thanks to Sid Graff. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to those two. He talks about building a culture and how do you retain the right people? Then that, this is the linchpin. This is the third one. Okay. I've done my work. I've set up my business. Now, how do I go find technicians? And what Desperate Nation is going to show you today is that it's different than what you think. Megan, where's the first place that we usually go to find technicians? We go to other businesses and try and steal them. Try <laughs> and then we're passing both good and bad technicians around and generally it's not even the good ones because generally the good ones will just stay where they are if they're treated well and we're passing technician back and forth and that's not true in just plumbing electrical and hvac it's also true in glass and it's true in blinds and it's true in cleaning it's just a it's a pandemic in a way of its own so talk about that a little bit what have you seen are some of the problems um, that have been created by doing this so what I see what's happening in the trades is people are just trying to put a Band-Aid over it, right? Like a Band-Aid, a Band-Aid, a Band-Aid. And yeah, we will survive doing that for only so long. And what we're seeing right now, um, what COVID did is it increased um, home service business, you know, revenue by quite a bit. And so these guys are busier than ever. And now what's seeing is like the bleeding's not stopping, right? There's not enough Band-Aids to kind of cover all the wounds. And the techs, you know, although that has worked and you can offer bigger bonuses to come over your way, or you can offer different things, but at the end of the day, that's not really solving the core problem, which is we have a huge trade tech 
deficit right now in this country and it's not going away. And what we need to do is we need to attract young people, um, both men and women in, you know, that are at a young impressionable age and get them inspired to, to look at the trades. So not only are we passing people around, which is kind of in a way that, you know, quote unquote, the easy way out. But secondly, you know, one of the trade rags from last year that we studied over on the big clip side was for every four people leaving our industry right now on the technician front, one is coming in. Right. So we have even another layer. So, so not only are we trying to share these valuable texts, but then no one's coming in. And then I, I also see, and I want to ask you, this is also more on your consulting side. Um, what are some problems that come with doing it the same old way and, and not changing around technicians, um, productivity? Because I would feel like, Megan, right, if, if, if we're getting less technicians, we probably need to treat them a little bit better, the ones that we do have that are producing. What are some of your clients, What, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest mistakes that are being made around, around taking care of our, our technicians um, as well as finding them? And, and what, what do you see as kind of the biggest systemic issue there? One of the big issues that I see right now is we're setting, um, even when we attract um, a young kid right now into the trades, we're burning them out really quickly. So um, these young kids, they come with a different set of criteria for jobs now of what they want. They don't want to work, you know, from seven in the morning to 730 at night. They want some freedom in their lives. Um, they don't want to work even sometimes five days a week. They want a three-day weekend where they can go pursue their passion. And um, what I'm finding is these shops are kind of staying status quo, you know, and that's because what happens is when you're so busy and you're overwhelmed with jobs, you know, what I see a lot of the time is people don't take a step back and say, you know, would I work for my company? You know, would, would I want my kid to work for my company? Am I providing an environment that's nurturing and I'm educating people and, there's a ride and decide program. Am I um, offering great benefits? Am I offering some freedom? And, you know, do my employees have input? All of those things, which these young people deem as really important, am I nurturing that environment? What I find, and I'm sure that's what you find too, Jimmy, is that the majority are not um, doing that. And, and I'll just add to that is, and you, you touched on this perfectly, is that that baby boomer industry is retiring. You know, they are retiring. And they were the last generation, I would say, that was okay with that model. And if we don't change, if we don't change for these young kids, um, the trades are not going to be appealing to them. I love that. Um, I think it's easier, too, to have some baby boomer technicians. You know, they show up on time generally. Yeah. They, they work. They they you know, there's a level of gratitude and we hire, you know, on, on VidClips has a call center, as you know, I, I like to call it a call center, a sales company, a commission sales side that we, we, uh, we sell on behalf of users of our 27 employees. Almost all of them are millennials and younger. Yeah. And we, and I found out trial by fire, what it took to keep the good ones because yeah. Megan knows me well enough that I love, I love to develop people. I love to coach. I love to be in there. I'm a, I'm a millennial at heart. I'm a kid at heart. So I had to work extra hard. It's not easy, everybody to hire the next generation. They're not no. easy. I'm not gonna lie. No. Now I will tell you, they're wonderful. And they're funny. And, and they, they sniff out the why and they can't take 
they're not, they're going to smell your bullshit. So you have to learn how to, to, to appeal to these people. I know some of you are listening. You're like, okay, well, how do I even do that? Well, you get involved with desk creation. You reach out to Megan's to, to other people in industry, but you also try to do things differently. One of the techniques I love the most is the four day work week, like Megan just touched on, or even the three day work week. My whole life growing up in the trades, I've always thought you had to work eight to five. Monday through Friday, and totally. hopefully you get a Saturday off. Yeah. Now I'm watching, I'm married to a nurse. She loves her four and three days. Yeah, right. shift. She still is full of life. It's only an extra two hours. And then she gets these long weekends. We can go skiing. We can enjoy, she can recover. And being a nurse in COVID is about as demanding as it gets. So I, I do encourage all of you, as you dive into Desperate Nation, as you dive into, okay, I want to become an employer of choice that actually brings people in that are going to make them stay. There's three most important things that I think are, are important. One, work out their work schedule. Two, they don't do it for the money. This next generation is very much wants to be part of a purpose. So maybe yeah. you do a charity event as a company. Maybe you tell them that a certain amount of the revenue goes to something they all believe in. Not you, what you believe in, but they believe. What's the cause they want to be part of? Three, um, a lot of times these are people on the margins that are looking for, for work. Come alongside of them. Help them on that journey. Don't be afraid of it. Lean into it. Um, and then finally, speaking their language. Being, yeah. able to, being able to talk to them about setting their own goals and being able to, to meet those as a company. And I know, again, you're like, well, geez, I'm going to give away the farm. They're going to take an inch and take a mile. That might happen sometimes. But what you'll find is pretty quickly you're going to start picking up baristas and waiters or people that maybe want a career change. And so that's why I do want to start diving into a little bit of desk free nation. Some of the things I've loved <clears throat> about you and this, and this organization, and by the way, it's deskfreenation.org. Please go visit it. I'll put it up on the screen. I'm actually going to share my screen for the people viewing this. If you're not near home, that's okay. You can check it out when you want, but um, here's some, a couple of cool things. So first of all, um, this is where we're going to go in a direction that a lot of you aren't used to. Notice there's a woman right here on the front page. Women is half of the workforce in America, if not more. And what a great time, especially in light of the world we live in, to start embracing making a culture, a work environment that is safe for women to be able to work in, to be excited about coming to work, knowing you respect them and value them with equality. And so I want to talk about that first as we kind of go through this. How do we make it safe for women? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of women in the plumbing, you know, and electrical business and HVAC. And what I find is after talking to the owners of those businesses that have women techs is that women are actually more sought after um, to come into homes than men. Not, not because of any other reason except for perceived safety um, that, they're, that they're called on. So women are a huge asset to the growth in the trades as far as I'm concerned. There's nothing that women really can't do anymore that men can do as, when it comes to the trades. Um, but some things have to change, you know, is your company set up um, for it to have women in the environment? And what I mean by that is it, is it safe? And um, are they going to feel safe there? Are they going to feel um, empowered to go do the same job that the other guys are going to be doing? Um, so that's, that's one thing to ask. And if you haven't pursued, you know, recruiting women in the trades, why not? You know, why not? And do you talk about that on your website at all? Um, what I've noticed is that we're really missing the boat when it comes to these recruiting sections on these pages of companies. You know, when you're reading through kind of your page on recruiting or what you offer to clients, 
Um, I would say these people are interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing them. And what I mean by that is they're kind of, um, these technicians, these young technicians are have the upper hand. The, the industry is in a huge need for techs and they can kind of go anywhere they want and get a job. You could go to any town right now if you have experience and get a career in the trade. So they are interviewing you and are you, are you ready for that? Are you prepared to kind of be the choice for them right now? Um, and that goes for women too. They're, they're looking at that. Do you have other women that work there? Um, are you actually, you know, doing advertising for women? Do you have your benefits have um, things that attract women, things like that? Is your shop clean? Is your bathroom clean? Do you have Are changing areas? Do you have, right. yeah, I mean, honestly, and I'm not trying to like um, profile any kind of gender. I mean, for all your technicians, is it a place people want to come into? You said it best earlier today, male or female. Megan, would you work here? Would yeah. you get life here? Especially if you weren't the owner and you're not getting any profits. You're just, you're, you're, you're doing it because of you believe in the craft or you believe in the company. And it goes back to that. Are you controlling and are you stepping in when people are talking about women disrespectfully? Are you, um, are you, are you cracking down on that publicly? So people see it's not okay. And those are the things that are important to think about. And I'm lucky I had two daughters, you know, I didn't understand empathy until I had two daughters. I really didn't. And so I'm not saying you need to go out and have two daughters. Don't if you love your sleep. Um, But definitely saying that we need to have our company be a place where one of my clients says, your grandma can come in and be proud and your, and your sister, you know, it, it's such a great thing to have women in the trades in your business. Like what a cool thing to have that dynamic added, um, to your team, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to be able to offer that and talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of daughters that I've seen that have gotten into the trades because their parents own these companies and they are thriving. Absolutely. Um, so you know, and, and I, I would ask you this is, are you, is there ongoing learning in your shop? You know, because that's not only a big thing for women, but for any tech, are you going to educate me? Is this going to be a thing, place where I learn and grow? Um, that's, that's going to be huge. Well, and it's so easy now it's giving them an hour a week paid. They can go hop on to desk free nation to get some education. And this is a segue into our next kind of segment, but um, there's ways that we can help them to, to grow and to learn. Also, let them grow in things that have nothing to do with your business. That's something we do with, with um, Service Station. I have an Audible account that like 20 of us share. I hope Audible's not listening and will crack down my account. And each time one of my employees reads a book and then they message me and we have a discussion about it, I give them a bonus, like a small little token of appreciation. I mean, I have books from everything from, you know, fiction to just biographies. As long as they feel like they're growing and they are enjoying and, and they can have that space, it's it's worth it. So there's lots of ways to do that. So what I'm hearing, Megan, is millennials want to work differently, male or female. That's yeah. one way we can find new technicians is to go to that next generation and make it appealing, male and female, and 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 make it appealing by how we treat them and and um, how we craft our work. One last top about that that I we I think we missed was you also can you know a lot of you are are constantly telling me I want to be open more you know like people don't do work on their homes till like four to seven at night. I'm telling you, millennials will work from like 10 yeah. a.m. to 7 p.m. You know, you leave a right. truck open, you shut your store down, they can still keep putting in um, the work in the evenings and customers love that and so do they. So don't be limited by what your open schedule says on your front door. Rip that thing down. I, I, one of my clients says it best. It's like, 
usually open is all they say. And it's yeah. just, it's when you need help, we're going to be there, you know? And, um, and I love it. And then others, like I've seen in ski towns, you know, like open except for powder days, like just exactly. you know, there's ways you can attract people. People see it and go, I want to work there, you know? And so that's one. Um, two, I hear, don't overlook the power of women. And a lot of our consumer base, our demographics are 30 to 40 year old um, career women. That's our, that's one of our biggest demographics in the service industry. And yeah. so of course you want to work with people that are just like your customers, you know, and, and match your customers. So what a powerful opportunity. And in order to do that, it needs to be safe and, and clean environment and a, and a good place where they can, they can feel like you empower them. Um, and not to mention all the technology. I mean, I go to my, <laughs> I got my butt kicked in a, in an exercise class yesterday, Megan, <laughs> and like half of them in there were ladies like my age that were just lit running circles around me. I was a D1 <laughs> track athlete. I can't lift half of what they they do. And I'm like, so don't pull the crap of, you know, they're not going to do it. Like, and a lot of them want jobs that aren't in front of their computer. They yeah. want to continue their lifestyle. They want to continue to be active. And that's what you give. You don't just give plumbing and electrical. You help people be physical and be able to be outside. So don't forget that. So fantastic. So now let's talk about training. Okay. So I'm bought into millennials now. Um, like I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I like this. I think maybe I can try to not steal the guy down the street that works for me three times already. And I'm ready to try something new. Where do we go to get trained? What can Desk Free Nation do for my business? How can we help Desk Free Nation? And then how can we get some tools back? Are you talking on the business side or on the, on the business uh, side? Oh, no, on the, on the uh, training side, being able to train your technicians, um, groups. Do you guys have forums? What's the goal of Desk Free Nation? To yeah, so we're attacking this and there's so many things, ways that we're attacking this. One is um, a big part of our mission is to really um, diminish the stigma around the trade. So that's through influencers like guidance counselors and parents letting them know that, you know, this isn't for people that just don't go to college. This is for, you know, that the trades are so much more to becoming a technician and home services than um, not being educated or not cutting it in college. Cause a lot of people that have gone to college go into the trades. Um, so one is the stigma, right? So that's one big piece of it. And then another is, okay, so you have a student, a guidance counselor has a student and they're interested in the trades, you know, that they're mechanically inclined, they're interested in the trades, how are they going to pursue that? And so the first way we tried to attack this was on a nationwide basis. And now we're really honing in on Colorado first to build our system. But we want, what we're creating right now is um, first they come to us and these students will give them, um, we're building this out right now, we'll give them interview questions. So we'll we'll make them ready and prepared to ask the right questions when they're in front of a shop that they might want to work at. Then we want to also give them empowerment. So to go and to be able to go into a shop and ask, um, you know, if they have a ride and decide program, can they ride in the field and have like a day in the life of a tech and try on the job, right? Because that's really important. And if your shop currently doesn't have that, I would say that would be really important to set up some sort oh, of, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And do you find you don't even have to pay them. They can ride with you for two or three hours. And a lot of applicants will do that just voluntarily because they're like you said earlier, they're, it's important that they're interviewing you as much as you are them. Exactly. There is some insurance stuff that goes along with that, that I've talked to some shop owners that say, I don't, we don't know how to do this. So um, there are ways around that though. And you you know, I would definitely look at 
you want to get somebody in your shop and you want to show them a day in the life. Right. Um, also, kids want to know how are they going to grow within that company? How are they going to learn? So what I found in the trades, and this is very confusing to a lot of people, is if you want to become a plumber in Colorado, what steps do you need to take? You know, do you need to go to trade school? Um, can you go through an apprentice program? Who offers an apprentice program? And then sometimes that changes from county to county. Um, and, and the thing that is so discouraging about the trades is every state is different, right? On their licensing and apprentice and journeyman and all of it. So um, what we want to provide is um, these kind of educational websites where how to become a plumber in Colorado, how to become an electrician in Colorado and, and do it state by state so that when a kid is interested, there's a clear path industry in order to pursue that license. So um, that's really needed because what happens is let's say you want to become a plumber right now. It is really overwhelming. If you go online and try and figure it out um, state by state, it's very difficult. So we were first going to get into high schools and then COVID hit and we're like, oh my gosh, the, the chances of us getting an assembly together and talking in high schools anytime soon is, is difficult. So the great thing that's happened with COVID is we do this, right? We get on Zooms all the time. So um, I'm working with uh, master plumbers and electricians and we're putting together video educational series on how do you pursue these careers in each state so that there is a clear path not only a guidance counselor and a parent knows, but also a young kid interested in the trades on how they might pursue these careers. And I don't want to just say young kids. I, I'm saying anybody that's looking to go into the trades, um, that you'll know exactly how you want to pursue that um, or how you can pursue that in your state. That's awesome. I think not only is that intimidating, but I mean, let's just talk about the obvious. Am I just going to be cleaning gross toilets every day. Right. You know, we did an episode earlier in Today in Trades with Mickey Card's dad, and he was a, he's a plumber for years and he broke it down. I mean, in a way he's like, he's like what got him to be a plumber. He was like, I realized I didn't have to just do toilets. He's like, he's like in my 30 years, I think I've maybe worked, seen poop like four times. He's like, so much of it's construction and new buildings and, and repair. And then they, what you flush them out before you're done. And I think these high school, not just high school, could anyone waiter, anyone you're talking to in order to help fix the Sigma, you got to talk about what you do as a job. And there's a reason plumbers keep doing it every year. Cause you're problem solving. You're getting your hands on, you get to see a completed product. You get to see something. There's a often, accomplishment. Like, yeah. I mean, how often we sit on our computer all day, we sit on our computer all day, just doing things. It's like, Oh yeah. I, I went through 15 emails. I did a podcast with Megan. That's not near as awesome as I, half the time I do this show. I just want to go back out and start putting stuff in again. So that I come home. I'm like, I got things done today. And I mean, just, we have to tell that story. And I love that you guys are helping with that. Not to mention, I just, I, I, this is like my biggest selling point. It's, it's like, I always talk about this in advertising, you know, is what's your insurance policy in your life? You know, let's say like you went to school for marketing and let's say you can't get a job and here you are and you're 25 years old and you're, you know, you can't afford to live on your own and you don't have a skill. You have no other skill except for what you went to college with. You have nothing to fall back on. And what I say to these young kids is the trades, you know, let's, maybe it's not going to be your lifelong career, but learn a skill, learn something that no matter what you can go and make money on your own. Um, and very few kids have taken out of high schools. We don't have the opportunities anymore. Um, 
to, to actually learn some of that in high schools now. So very few kids I find even have a skill anymore. Like, you know, you, you can always fall back on glass. Mm -hmm. If, if something were to happen, you can always fall back on glass. I worked on a painting crew after college. Like I couldn't get a job. That was me. And I went and worked on a professional, like painting crew, fake it till you make it. Now that's not like a true skilled trade, but I still know how to do it. <laughs> I could go do it if I needed to. I would say anything that you work with your hands, you could show up on time and you're willing to learn is a true skill. And, you know, and, and, and right now I'm going to call it out and nothing poor about this profession, but if you're a, if you're a restauranteur right now, you're a mixologist, you are a great waiter that you know how yeah. to talk with people. Uh, I look around they're, they're, What a terrible place to be after a pandemic. Maybe yeah. it's a chance for you now to, explore going into your local plumber or electrician. And I'm going to say the same thing to those of you listening that maybe got this from a friend that's like, Hey, maybe you want to consider the trades profile them too. go find the shop in town that fits your values. You are holding the cards as we just talked about. Uh, now something we look for, I do as an employer. Are you honest? Are you um, wholehearted? Are you authentic? Um, I don't want my customers thinking you're faking thing. I want you to be able to tell a story. And can you listen to the customer's needs and then deliver what they need well? And those things are all stuff that oftentimes, if you've had any work in the food service business, you already know how to do those soft skills. Yeah. So then it's just a matter of learning the hard skills, um, which aren't as hard. I'll tell you, Megan, that of all the technicians I've had, only few knew the soft skills. And we yes. constantly taught them. So what a, what a blessing for a shop owner to have someone come in who knows how to communicate, knows how to empathize. And then you can teach them how to turn a wrench. You can teach them how to install a glass or lay a bead. But if you don't have the soft skills, that's often hard to teach. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things people overlook in the trades is that um, you need to be able to talk to homeowners. You're problem solving from the moment you walk in. Also, you're representing that company from everything that you do is a representation of that company. It's kind of like a mix of, um, you know, sales and, you know, you're using obviously your mechanical, but it's so much of it is your personality. And if you don't know something, it's okay. You're going to get help from your peers. It's really how you handle yourself in front of a client. Um, and I think that's really overlooked in the trades. I think a lot of people, don't think that the customer service aspect is such a big deal. And it really is. I couldn't agree more. And if you're listening to this right now as an owner and you think, Hey, well, okay, well, you know, where do I begin with a lot of this? I'd say kill as many birds with one stone as you can one way. And I'm going to stroke the marketing here. If you're not marketing and you're not creating um, content for your little company. Yeah. I know people find you on Google and they call or you all come by referrals the truth is, even if customers are coming by referrals, you have to constantly reinforce a relationship. Why are they referring it to you? So I'd say one way to start kind of cleaning up your company to prepare for great techs and new clients and a good future is start with a great story, marketing. How does your social media look? How, do, how, are, um, how are your estimates looking? I mean, in a world where we don't get to talk to people face-to-face -face anymore, and is it just a piece of paper? Or are you using companies like BidClips, Service Titan, Jobber? Are you presenting yourself well? Um, are you calling MacGyver Consulting? Which I love the name of your company, by the way. Are you calling up people like Megan to say, hey, let's, let's tell my story? So Because guess who else sees your estimates or your, your presentation of your company? Guess who else sees it every day? your workers. One of my favorite employers of choice here in Missoula, um, 
you see his commercials all over TV. And if I was working for him, like I work for that guy and it's awesome. And he does a fantastic job uh, Matt at five valleys restoration. And he does a fantastic job of setting it up. And I just think that that's really important. And I know a lot of you are so busy and you're doing so well with an invest some of that money back into marketing, telling the story, creating um, your brand, which is, as Megan is proof with selling multiple companies as an entrepreneur herself, your brand is crucial. And, and well, Megan's you, brand has, you, a, has... What are your customers saying about you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, the first, when I'm going to work with a client or consult, the first thing I'll say is, would you call you, you know? Mm-hmm. And would you, if you were in need of, uh, you know, plumbing repair or, you know, an HVAC, a new furnace or something, would you pick up the phone and call your business? And yeah, many bad. times business owners lack the ability to take a step back and look at their business with fresh eyes, like they're a customer. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can do that, not only you should be looking at that, not only, you know, for customers coming your way, but certainly um, in a recruiting aspect as well, would, would you go work for this company? Um, And if you're not, then you have to go down the path of fixing those issues for sure. Yeah, that that couldn't have been said better. Um, my grandpa was, he's in the literal hall of fame of customer service as a grocer in the National, in the Grocers Association. And he um, he is amazing. And he did two things. He always inspected what he expects. So he'd walk into his store and act like a customer. And then two, one thing he did that I think I like to share as much as I can. He was so thankful at his funeral years ago. We were talking to some of his closest friends in our family and no one ever remembers a time that he didn't genuinely thank every customer that left his little grocery store. Yeah. And I, and today in our TikTok generation and our need it now, need it fast, we don't stop sometimes and just look someone in the eyes and say, thank you. I appreciate you as a friend. I appreciate you as a customer. And if, if we're doing that to our customers, you're going to see a good response, but let's talk about it at another level here. What if we start doing that to our technicians? What if you genuinely every day when they go home, you just look at me and say, thank you. Thank you for putting yeah. in all that, that work for us today. You're helping us move forward. That goes a hell of a long ways. And so that was the other bookend to what Megan's saying. Inspect first, you know, let's figure out. And then the end goal is that you're set up to where you have an attitude of gratitude. You know, it's kind of like, it goes along like this. I watch these business centers and you'll go so far to get a lead, right? Leads are so hard to get. Not only are you investing in marketing, making yourself visible, SEO, et cetera. And then what are you doing with that lead, right? To convert it. So are you just wasting that hundred dollar lead? Are you able to actually convert it into a book job? It, same goes for a candidate. It takes so long to get not only a good technician in your shop, but then you train them, you educate them, you put in all this work into developing them and their skills. And then what you treat them like crap and they're gone. Like it's the same thing. How are you treating these precious things that come into your business, like leads and people and, um, you know, really people want to feel appreciated. You're so right, Jimmy. That's like one of the biggest things they want to learn. They want to feel part of something bigger and purposeful and, and they want to be appreciated. That's what they want. Yeah. You couldn't have said that better. And, uh, and then I talked to a, an older shop owner the other day and he's still doing all of his own estimates. Cause you know, he's like, I'm like, why do you still do this? He's like, I just know I'm going to tell him about our company and I'm going to do all things I want. I was like, well, what if you ever want to retire? You know, he's like, that's a novel idea. And I, and the one thing we got on a, a talk about was people communicate differently now too. Not, mm-hmm. he doesn't always get to talk to the person who makes the decision. So he'll, so he'll sit here and have this, and he's a wonderful human. Um, and he'll, 
It's like, but if he, his little piece of paper goes off, well, that's another reason why people, you need to have think, tools in place, whether it's big clips, desk creation, whether it's having a great marketer, because they need to be able to hear, oh, that guy's awesome. Jim was great. Quickly pop over to the site or something and then see that same story again. It's not hard to put up a small video right now. Most of you on this call have grandkids or kids or nieces or nephews or siblings that could literally hold your phone for you, make a quick little video. You can put it up. It's not hard to just tell your story. And you might think you said it once and they heard it. They didn't. In today's generation, our candidates and our customers have to hear things over and over and over again. So this is, I know you're thinking, well, geez, Jim, here you are already on estimates again. No, I'm actually talking about recruiting people. So yeah. if they're snooping around your, your company, don't assume they're just going to hear how cool you are at a brewery. They need to know that when they're sniffing around Facebook and Instagram, that they've got some content that just tells who they are. Yeah. Videos. Mm -hmm. I love that you brought that up. Um, one of the things that we're working on is storytelling in the trade. So um, finding young kids. So if anybody out there has a young tech working for them, that's awesome. And their stories worth telling. I want to tell stories of the trades of success um, so that younger people can see those stories and identify with those younger people and say, oh yeah, I want to, I want to do that. Um, there's more to the trades than the old plumbing crack, you know, grandpa that I know that worked in the trades. There's, there's so much you can learn and so much money you can make very lucrative. Um, well, it, used to, it used to be like Norman Rockwell. It used to be an honorable thing. You come home, yeah. a man in a uniform, a woman in a uniform, but you, you had something you did. And it, I think we're going to see that again. I really do. Well, I think it, how about with COVID? some of the few people that could work when you're in total lockdown was essential workers. Yes. Absolutely. Are essential workers, plumbers, HVAC technicians. You I'm know, hoping I talk about that often. She's a nurse and, I, and I'm in the trades. Yeah. We were, we were talking about that. We were like that COVID, unfortunately, like we were locked down, but it didn't really change our life and it didn't change our right. income. And that's, that's really important. <laughs> yeah. And they, I mean, I hope it doesn't ever get worse than that. Um, but you're right, Megan, we have to, we have to start telling the stories. And, and another hard part too, is a lot of our listeners right now and, and our clients are just really humble, beautiful people yeah. really are. And so it's like, well, I don't want to talk about myself. They're servants. You're, you serve. That's why you do this job. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying go brag about yourself. I'm saying have somebody just tell just tell your story. Sit like you're sitting in a chair and just tell your story about your little company in your own yeah. way. That is very powerful. It's authentic. I think that's what, you know, I think that's, what's missing here too, is like, on a recruiting standpoint, I want to know that I'm, that this company cares. And a lot of um, trade companies, home service companies are still family owned and operated sometimes for generation. You know, I work with some of those and those stories in your business are really important. And so, you know, as a marketing person, I've been asked, well, what, how do I recruit in the trades? Well, a great way to recruit in the trades is to tell your story and why it's great to work here. And um, I team up with Yellow Dog Creative. Um, I'm gonna plug them for a second because they are great storytellers in the trades. And they put together just tremendous recruiting videos. Um, and I think if you don't have a recruiting video right now, even if it's something you've done yourself, you, you should, that should be a goal for 2021, telling people why they should work for your business. And that's um, called Yellow, Yellow Dog Creative. Are they out of Denver? They're out of um, Marquette, Michigan, up in the awesome. UP. Okay. Yes. Good. That's a great plug because a lot of us are looking for people that can help with this. And that's really, that's crucial. Yeah. Nancy, um, the owner is on our board as well for Destiny Nation. So she's just super passionate about the trades. She owned her own um, company as well. So she understands it. And um, 
I just can't stand up about them. Megan is a, you know, you're a legend and, uh, and you've shown me a lot. You, you know, I used to kind of think in my own a, mind, right? Jimmy? Uh, no, in my mind too. And many of us that know you and are, uh, you know, and the truth is, um, you know, a lot of times we see marketing as the line item in our budget and you helped me see you and Rodney and many other people in my life showed me that marketing is a, is not a line item. it's your lifeblood. It's a, it's an important part of who you are, which is why we do this podcast. It's why we got to get, get information out um, more than ever. And so I, I appreciate what you're doing. Um, if you haven't gone to desperatenation.org, please go watch the video. My favorite part is if you look carefully, you're going to see Megan has a goggle tan and that just shows you she practices what she preaches, meaning quality <laughs> life, quality career. And, uh, and you know, so I hope all the skiers out here are, are soaking this in and, um, and that's what this is all about. We work hard so we can have a quality life and excited to ski with you in the future. Um, maybe redeem my dance off. Although I've seen that your family is really taking it to new levels that I, I don't know if I can hang with any longer. My so. mom is the NASTAR champion over 70. Come on. I love that so much. So <laughs> Um, very good. I mean, I mean, what a, what a great, uh, episode, what a, what a great gift you give all of us. Um, for everyone listening, if you want to know more, hop in there, reach out, um, Desperate Nation needs support also. So consider donating to this cause to what she's up to, because it's uh, it's important for all of us. So it's a, it's a big initiative for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Megan. Um, thank you, Jimmy. Really Evans. appreciate it. Thanks to, thanks to bid clips and uh, MacGyver consulting and all the forces <laughs> that keep us going. And uh, we will see you next time. This is Today in Trades. Bye-bye. Thanks.